Memphis, 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 Hi, this is Tom Izzo at Michigan State, and you're listening to Grizz 901. What is up, Grizz Nation? This is not your host, Daniel Greer. This is your better host, taking back over for the second time, hopefully not the last. Nathan Qualls filling in for Daniel. You know, him and Ryan have been doing a lot of good work lately. They're both pretty worn out from Ryan's conspiracy theory in the last pod. If you haven't heard that, go check it out. You understand exactly why they needed a break, especially Daniel. You're a saint for putting up with that, man. We're proud of you. But, obviously, I'm not here by myself. I'm too crazy. They wouldn't let me do this by myself. So, I'm joined here by two co-hosts. One of them, you've already heard before, Chris Ingram. What's up, Chris? How you doing, man? What's up, Nate? What's up, Grizz Nation? Man, I'm good. Just uh, waiting for next season, man. These playoffs been horrible. Every night, it's a blowout. So, um, it's much more exciting for us and myself, personally, to talk about the Grizzlies and to watch the Messes bit on TV. So, Let's get it going. Yeah, that's been pretty brutal. I think we just looked at 20 to 24 with seven minutes left in this Heat Celtics game. So uh, I'm, I've been craving some Grizzly stuff because I've been craving just anything fun and the playoffs hadn't been it. But awesome to have you back on here, Chris. Uh, and then we also have here a new member of the Grizzly team. He is going to be dropping some material here for you guys in a couple of weeks. I've seen some of his work before. It's going to be good. We're excited to have it out. Ian Sparks. Ian, how is it going, man? Man, it is going well. Uh, like Chris said, just really missing the Grizzlies right now. Doesn't feel the playoffs don't feel nearly as fun without the Grizzlies in it. Uh, I know some fans of other teams might not agree with that, but it just doesn't feel as fun. And I think the Grizzlies really made it like an enjoyable, enjoyable experience for everybody. So, going well. Uh, excited to work with you guys and get some content out for you guys. Absolutely, this Grizzlies last fun team in basketball. And for you, audience, Ian is located in Horn Lake, South Haven area, which we still consider more Memphis than the rest of Tennessee. So happy to have him on the team. We know he's going to be Memphis for us, and we're excited to have him going. But this is going to be a bit of a free feel, free flow type of pod today. We're not going anything too crazy, but we've got a lot of exciting stuff on the docket. Obviously, we're going to have free agency, the draft, summer league looking ahead. It'll be here before we know it. But we just wanted to get on here and talk a little bit about the stuff that we're super excited for. We've got a few specific things coming out we're super pumped for. We won't get too much into that, ruin the surprise. But we just want to get on here and share with you what we're excited about because we know the rest of you are feeling the same way we are and craving anything grizzly. So with that, guys, we've had a few weeks to reflect now. Had some time to look back on the season after the playoffs, which I know are not the most fun for Grizzlies fans everywhere. But... After a couple of weeks, I know I've had some more thoughts, some refreshed feelings around it, but I want to get you guys' thoughts on what you think about the season, how you're feeling, what you're looking forward to now that you've had a couple of weeks into the future. But, I mean, what, what are we feeling? What's the vibe, guys? And I guess, Chris, I'll throw it to you, man. How, how are you feeling after these couple of weeks, both about the past season and the season looking ahead? Well, if you would have talked to me or, or even checked my tweets, 24 to 48 hours after the season ended, boy, I was hot. I was mad. <laughs> oh, we know. 
And uh, you know, it took me about like I said, forty eight hours. I was, I was, I was cool. You know, I think it was one of those things to where like, you know, Daniel, I talked. You know, I think the very first podcast that I got on, um, you know, I told him like, you know, for me, it was conference finals a bust, and I felt like we had the, you know, the opportunity to make it to the finals. So definitely looking at the landscape of the league right now. You know, if Stephen Adams is not, you know, in COVID protocols, the first two games. If Dylan ain't whacking Gary Payton across the head and breaking his elbow and he missing two games and then, you know, obviously, Ja, he missed the last three that we played. I think that's a total different series. Me personally, like, it's crazy to think that our whole starting five never got a chance to play together. Um, It's crazy. So, um, you know, shout out to the Warriors. Y'all probably going to walk into another ring because, you know, whatever team you face coming out the East, they probably going to be beat up as well. Um, but yeah, that was, I mean, looking back on, you know, my prediction early and even now it's like, man, we had a really a chance to steal one, but, um, moving forward, you know, it's, it's still bright. You know, I, I hate to be, you know, the first couple of days, I didn't want to hear nobody talking about, Oh, our future is bright. And we got this going and da, 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 da. I was like, shut up. I don't want to hear none of that. Like I'm mad. I'm salty. Dylan Brooks. I'm not going to even get on that. He had me hot. Taylor Jenkins had me hot. But in the grand scheme of things, like, it's a lot of good to look forward to um, this summer, you know, as far as just like seeing the development of Zaire. Um, we were talking a little bit earlier off air, just like to see him, his confidence grow from day one in summer league, like his eyes were buck wide in the summer league game. And then you put him out there, you know, started a lot of games in the regular season. You started to kind of see him get that confidence slowly and slowly. And just, I credit that to job, like having dude back no matter what. Um, we all know what happened in that Philadelphia game. And then from there, he just exploded. I'm really excited to see like what he does. I don't know if he's going to take another step like Desmond did. Uh, if he does, then sh- the league in trouble. Um, but just for him to be able to get out there and work on his dribble, you know, dribble um, off the dribble game, um, maybe, you know, advancing some, you know, ball skills, stuff like that. Like he got the tools. We talk about Jaron having tools. Zaire got a lot of tools that, like, if he can tap in, dude can be scary. So, um, you know, I'm just excited to see what happened this offseason and, um, you know, obviously what kind of moves we make. But um, the league got a lot to, you know, they're going to have a lot on their hands dealing with the Memphis Grizzlies going forward. So uh, I'm good now. So I'll, I'll pass it to Ian. I can probably agree with Chris that the first few days after, you know, um, that last game, it was really rough because I felt like we were so close like so, so close, missing our, our superstar point guard. Like he said, our starting five didn't really get any chance to play together. Um, and missing, you know, Steven those first two games really hurt, especially, you know, obviously in the rebounding aspect. But it's just frustrating to think about. And I'm still, I'm not going to lie, I'm still frustrated because watching these conference finals with the Mavericks and the Warriors, it just seems like I feel like the Grizzlies should have had another shot. I know it's not possible. It's not how it works, but. I feel like the Grizzlies would have made it a lot more interesting at the very least. Um, respect to Luka. Love Luka Doncic, one of my favorite players in the NBA. But it's just not the same without the Grizzlies. Um, but, yeah, looking forward, um, obviously the future is very, very bright. Like Chris said, if Zaire can somehow take the leap that Desmond took from last year to this past year – or the this past – the year his rookie year to this past year, that's – I mean, you might be looking at Zaire Williams starting over Dylan Brooks, and Dylan Brooks maybe coming off the bench. I mean, if if that if that's possible, I'm, I know Chris might be a little bit excited about that. 
because but that would that would be that would be insane and you know I don't know it is very still very tough to swallow just knowing that you know we're not going to watch them until what like October or I mean summer league as well but you know that the Grizzlies squad until like October that sucks but Looking ahead, I am very, very excited, uh, especially like we said for Zaire Williams, see what Desmond Bain also does in the offseason. Um, I know, like, right after the uh, last game anything against the Warriors, he tweeted out, or a bunch of them tweeted out, like, they're already getting back to work. And that's just something some you love to see because there's no telling. Well, there's some, you know, telling how far they could go. Uh, if you told me at the beginning of the season, we'd had a chance to – even a chance to win a title, I'd have been like, okay, you're crazy because even – as much as I love them, I'm like, it's a title. You mean, you know, you still got to go through. I mean, people thought the Lakers would be really good because yeah, they have all that stomp power, stomp power, but they didn't make the, the playoffs. You know, um, I don't know. I am very enthousi- or enthusiastic about where they're going from here. Summer League will be interesting to watch at first. You know, following the Grizzlies, didn't really watch the Summer League. But now, just to see all the young talent that we have and the, depending on who we draft, how they gel with the other guys. I'm I'm very excited about the summer league, man. You know, I just can't wait to watch Grizzlies basketball again. So that's all I got. Um, yeah, very excited. First thing I want to point out is Chris, you see how Ian did a very nuanced Dylan Brooks fair critique and take on Zaire Mike. That's what we look for here. We pride ourselves on true criticism and analysis, hashtag analysis, not slander. At least not of this Grizzly squad. Really not of many people. There's few people. Cat, he can get his. A few other people we probably shouldn't talk about right now. But that's okay. So I just want to make sure we point that out. But um, I'm with you guys. The playoffs left a sour taste in my mouth. You know, the Timberwolves series was not fun. A lot had that had to do with officiating in the first few games. They wouldn't let the guys play basketball. And then, um, you know, but it, they – was the first time there were expectations on this team since 2019 started. And they started this whole era and that was, it had me sort of stressed out. And then the Warriors series, obviously there was just a lot of non-basketball discourse around it with the flagrant fouls and everything being blown out of proportion. Um, And in my opinion, I stand by that pretty strongly, but, um, and obviously there's a lot of what ifs, right? If the starting lineup had played, I don't know, a minute together, that would have been pretty cool um Dylan Brooks being around uh despite as frustrated as I was and I was very publicly frustrated with Dylan in that series you know he provides uh he provides a part or a style to the Grizzlies game and intensity on the defensive end that is not necessarily there when he's gone and so um a lot of things that were frustrating about it but you know a lot of what ifs there's a lot of what ifs in that Timberwolves series at the end of the day the Warriors won Grizzlies didn't move along tip your cap keep going i don't like to play the what ifs games too much but i've been watching a lot of highlights the past couple of days i gave myself a bit of a breather to sort of detox man i because the playoffs are so frustrating i almost forgot how fun this season was i mean i've never had i've loved the core four mike conley still the only grizzly jersey i've ever owned i have it in my closet over there love mike conley my favorite players of all time i never had as much fun watching teams i did this one this season it was just an unreal ride. And it wasn't just Ja with the obvious highlights and leap to superstardom. You had Desmond Bain taking his leap. I mean, I was watching the, uh, I think it was best dunks or whatever. I'm probably just Ja Morant highlights 2022 or something, but they showed the wizards alley-oop from Jaron 
And it's like, it somehow gets lost. Desmond Bain had one of the best blocks of the season on Spencer Dinwiddie to start that fast break. And you got to see him take a leap. You got to see Steven Adams like hit a renaissance and get back to his peak form. You got to see Zaire grow from a net negative to a true playoff rotation player at the end, right? Where I was wanting him to get more and more minutes than he was actually getting. And so just a crazy, exciting season, obviously tied record for a franchise record for wins in a season. So, man, I I was just, it's fun to look back and remember, oh, that was an awesome ride, you know? So um, it was good to reflect on that. But that being said, I'm even more excited looking forward to this next season. And I think a big part of that is I'm not worried about the draft for the first time in years. Like I, I count on Zach Kleiman to go and get a good pick and do something awesome that I don't see coming. But to be honest, it's like, I'm just letting this, I'm not super worried about the draft. Whereas the past two or three years, it's been a ton of who are we going to get? What are we going to do? How are we going to build? And I'm just kind of like, man, you got the, you got the core. Just let them grow. Just let them grow and go do their thing. And it's, it's crazy to think that we are in 2022. We're going into year four of a rebuild. And when people ask, should we put all the chips in and start trying to win championships now? I'm like, yes, the time, the time frame has moved up and it's, it's an exciting time, man. It's, it's super exciting. We still have such a young core to see how they're going to grow. It's going to be so much fun. John Morant obviously just keeps getting better and better and better. You got Des with his leap, see what Zaire's going to do. Jaron's action junior showed what he can be. He's started to find it all at the end of the season. Man, it's an exciting time. It's a really exciting time. So just looking forward to all that. Summer League, I'm still trying to bribe Daniel to get us there. <laughs> They had the Salt Lake games, but Salt Lake games, not everybody really plays. But I got a feeling regardless what happens, I'll be driving down to Las Vegas from old Salt Lake this summer to go see some games. So excited about a lot of that stuff. But what both of you guys hit on that I think would be good to talk about is Zaire Williams. And so, you know, we're going to talk about a few different guys. There's a, a few different guys. We're not going to do too much of a deep dive. We'll have those coming out this summer. We'll do some deep dives on a lot of different players, a lot of the main rotation players, some guys that may or may not be here, what that looks like. But we just want to take a few minutes and go over a few guys that we talked about before the podcast. Who are we most excited about? And you saw that these two guys just brought up naturally. I didn't because I wanted to make sure I had a good little segue, but that's the only reason I didn't bring it up myself. Is And Zaire Williams, dude, I could not be more excited about a Grizzlies player. I have not been this excited to see a Grizzlies player and what they're going to do since John Morant got drafted, to be honest. I mean, Desmond Bain, I was like, man, he's awesome, but I didn't expect him to be what he was this year. If I had, then, you know, then maybe that'd be a little bit different. But Zaire showed at the end of the year these flashes, both on the defensive end. I mean, he's guarding Steph Curry, and Steph's hitting tough shots, but he's hitting tough shots. Zaire's making it tough, right? And he was using his length on the defensive end. His feet got a lot better. He was a lot smarter with his hands. I was super excited. And then I always go to, I, I still don't know which game this was. I don't know if it was the Timberwolves series or the Warrior series. I think it was a Warrior series, but they were in transition. I think Melton threw it, Desire in the corner and full sprint in the corner, just stopped, pulled up, made that leaning three in the corner. And I was like, King Kleiman did it again, man. I was just like, oh my God, that, that the potential that's there is just incredible. The youth, Excited to see his leap in summer league, but I mean, 
for you guys, I don't know if I was just so over the moon thinking about it that I was being unrealistic, thinking I want him to be getting these playoff minutes or what. But I know we're all excited about it. But for you guys specifically, what are the little things that you're looking forward to, like specific things with Zaire that you're looking forward to him bringing in as summer league in the development, but then coming into next year too, whether it's his offense, defense, shot creation, whatever that may be. Um, Ian, I'll throw it to you first. I went to Chris first last time. What are you thinking about Zfro and what he's going to be doing? Love that nickname, by the way. That's a great nickname. I love his fro. Um, two things came to mind when you when you said that. Um, on, obviously, we saw him hit a couple of big time threes, big time shots uh, that you know we didn't know if he'd be able to make over the course of the season. One would be to see if he can consistently keep hitting those outside shots because that kind of segues into my next one. If he can keep consistently hitting those outside shots, my next one would be that opens up for him to take guys off the dribble. If he can do those two things and obviously keep improving his defense and, you know, his versatility um, just all around as a player, man, like I said it earlier, maybe starting over Dylan Brooks, it wouldn't be no maybe. He would be starting over Dylan Brooks. I know Chris has his – I love Dylan Brooks as a player. But there is a time where sometimes he just has to maybe accept he's a bench player now and come off, come off the bench, give us some good minutes, good defense, maybe, you know, average 11, 12 points off the bench wouldn't be too bad. But, man, just if they can – if he can somehow, like I said, take that leap like Dez took, the sky's the limit for this team, honestly. I, I don't know how to put it any better myself. You match my excitement, and that gets me even more excited about it. I mean, the kid's just unreal. But I won't go on another deep dive. I'll get on a soapbox. I could do it for an hour by Zaire. Chris, what are you thinking about Z? Uh, first, I would just want to touch on with, with, with what Ian said in regard to Dylan. I'm not going to go on a deep dive, I promise y'all. Um, but I'm one of those probably in the minority of people that believe, and this is a side note, I know, but um, – you know, a lot of media people were trying to make that a not so big a thing with Dylan not popping up for um, exit interviews. This is my conspiracy. Shout out to Ryan. Um, I think that it was a conversation that was had. You know, everybody had these pamphlets and these books of what they wanted to work on throughout the season and what, you know, the organization wanted them to come back, you know, as next season. And uh, I think, you know, in my humble opinion, that they told Dylan Brooks, like, six man is going to probably be your role, my guy. Um, and if it's not six man, it's going to be you four fiddle, maybe even fifth, depending on what kind of lineup we run out next year. And uh, I don't think he took too well to what they had to say, because my thing is you are what in your fifth year, the end of your fifth year, you've been here the longest, you're the longest tenure guy. Uh, you know how exit inter- interviews go in Memphis. You know, this is where you've been. But anyway, I get off of that. Um, going back to Zaire, uh, I'm excited for that guy. Like, if y'all check out, I'm going to tell you what gives me hype about Zaire the most. When you go watch that dude's, like, YouTube videos, not even his highlights, just his interviews, like, his workout videos. But then you tap into his high school highlights. His college, we know, you know, wasn't that great because he had a lot going on his freshman season. But like his high school highlights, you see the potential that he has. Like he was taking people off the dribble, dunking on top of their head, 
getting crazy blocks. Um, his ability, like, to take people into the post. Like, we haven't even se- we haven't seen none of that yet. His whole first year was catch and shoot, play defense, catch lobs from Ja. And I think that's good for him. Like, that's help, that helps us, you know, stay more athletic. But, like, when I look at him, I see a lot of – don't crucify me, but I see flashes of Kevin Durant. He will never probably ever touch – the 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 talent of Kevin Durant, but if he can mold his game into kind of like KD, because you know I'm in my mind thinking like this dude's so skinny, like there's no way he's gonna be able to do these kind of things. So he's gonna have to bulk up. We're gonna have to face the music. Zaire is probably not gonna grow too much weight. I mean, he, they got him on what was it a five thousand or ten thousand calorie diet or something crazy like that. But then he drinking three gallons of water a day, so now he losing everything that he putting on. <laughs> He's just not going to be a big guy, but I think if he just get that true muscle and just, you know, that finesse to his game like a Kevin Durant, just imagine, you know, those plays where Jaws getting doubled or, you know, he's out of the game and we throw the ball to Zaire on the block and just a simple couple dribbles and he's doing a fadeaway on the post. Like, uh, you know, those dribble handoffs where he finally, you know, be able to create his own shot or it's late in the clock. He got the ball in the corner and just starting to take people one-on-one. Like, that's what I see in Zaire's game. That you know, yeah, Desmond took a big leap. It shocked the hell out of everybody. I get that. Um, but Zaire, if he taps into his true potential, I think dude gonna shock the NBA. And him just having those connections to greats like LeBron, D Way, like I don't take that stuff lightly either. Like those connections and those relationships really important. And um, I think him being able just to tap into stuff like that, it's got a limit for Zaire. So uh, I'm with you 100%, Ian. I see him possibly starting. We saw what he did in the playoffs starting. We saw what he did throughout the regular season. It kept our team afloat. Uh, you know, everybody kind of fell in line in their roles, and I think that's going to be important for us going forward. So with a guy like that, I, the sky's the limit for him, but the sky's the limit for our whole team when you got somebody like that, you know, on your squad. I like how you still manage to throw in a little bit of a Dylan Brooks conspiracy there. Um, we need conspiracy theories. I think that's going to be the Grizz 901 MO moving forward. But um, appreciate that you got off a little bit and kept it pretty nuanced. There we go. Baby steps, baby steps. But as far as Zaire, listen, I'm with you. I've seen those shades of KD. He got a lot more consistent as the year went on, too. Like when he was taking shots, I went from never expecting it to go in to sometimes being surprised it didn't go in, right? Especially when he would create that shot in the mid range off the dribble. I was like, that shot's money for him. And so if he gets get to where he can take that pull up outside three-point line beyond the arc game over man just like you guys were saying but as far as him being able to put on weight he is been paired up with the ultimate gym rat and desmond bain this summer so if anybody can pack some some pounds on zaire it's going to be des and uh, that's another nice little segue boom killing it into who we thought we want to talk about next which was desmond bain and listen, I my number one GIF or GIF, we don't discriminate here. Whichever one you use, we'll use that too. Is the Desmond Bain coat guy dancing around? I used it so much this year. It pops up every time I want to go to it. I love Desmond Bain. I'm not going to do my Bain impersonation because I've embarrassed myself enough today. I'm not going to do that, but love Desmond Bain. Obviously, he took a huge leap this year. Des and production what he was able to do on both ends of the court though even defensively i think he got a did he get an all no he got a third team all nba vote but he got um 
is a forward, by the way, which should show you the state of our voting process for things, but we don't have to get into that today. Banned was what they listed him. Oh, Desmond banned for third team all NBA forward, but that's okay. We won't talk about that. But um, I saw where someone gave him some kind of defensive vote. I can't remember what it was. I don't know if it was a second team all defense, whatever it was, but saw something like that. And he, again, we talked, already talked about one of his defensive plays this year, setting up one of the ultimate John Morant highlights, right? He showed improvement on both sides of the ball. Uh, now, when trips on the court, I don't ever want anyone reaching down, but still, Desmond showed a real ability to, to start defending on the perimeter and killing his own there. And then the, sh- the shooting, man. I mean, it's just unbelievable. It's, it's unbelievable what he was able to do. Um, what He shot 48%, I think, or no, um, not 48%, 43% from deep on the year. And then he showed a real ability to pull up off the dribble too, right, in the mid-range, create off the mid-range. So uh, some awesome stuff. Now, personally, I'm not sure if I expect him to take another major leap going to this next year. A lot because there's not a huge leap for him to take, right? There's some little things he can work on, but – um obviously there's a lot of excitement around him he could i already said he's going to be an all-star in the next couple of years as soon as next year so that might be a little again over the moon i am mem grizz homer on twitter i've been known to have some biased takes but i mean what do you guys think is all-star possible for des going to this next year and what do you think is going to what this the future look like for him going to this next season as far as improvements what his role is going to be so on and so on chris let's let's throw it to you to get your thoughts on it first I'll start with your first point, you know, in in regards to him maybe taking another leap into all-star status. Like, it really just depends, I think, um, because they, you know, I look at the offenses they run, and when Ja is out there, I think they're going to have to find a way to just run a little bit more plays that that work, even if that's like refining it down to five or six plays a game and everything else, all right, Ja, go get a bucket. Um, but sometimes I think they overcomplicate stuff and it ends in a late clock, late clock um, you know, Jago makes something happen. Um, if they can run more plays for this, I think, you know, what did, what did he end up with? 18 points a game this year? Um, if he can somehow take a leap to maybe 23, 24 points a game, depending on, you know, obviously record is going to play a part in that. Um, and stuff like that. Maybe he need to get some K-pop fans like Andrew Wiggins did. Maybe he can get a you know spot on the squad. Um, but it's a lot of guards that's gonna be you know coming back healthy next year. So like, if I take my no pun intended, you know, my homer hat off, you know, I'm gonna say it's probably gonna be hard for Dez to make it just because of the competition. I really, you know, I'm rooting for him. Don't get me wrong. Like, uh, if he's listening, Desmond, I'm, I'm trust me, bro. Like. I want you to make it. It's just I know the politics of the game and stuff like that. I'm going to see it really hard for the Grizzlies to get two guards in there unless he just takes a really huge leap. But if he does not take that crazy all-star leap, like the Desmond that we got this year, I'm perfectly fine with because that's a dude that I trust with the ball mainly. That's one thing that I think that even he knows that he may want to work hard on this season. It's just more on the ball stuff. Um but outside of that, I mean, the best, hands down, the best shooter the Grizzlies have ever had in franchise history. I don't care what nobody – like, the facts back it up. I was a Mike Miller fan, trust me. But Dez is on a different level. He just is. And uh, for him to be able to take it off the dribble like he's been doing um, with a healthy back, you know, it's going to be trouble. So, I see him – you know, I know this is a way early next year prediction, but 
I see Dez getting 20 points a game minimum. Um, if he can take a leap, you know, past that, then that's just icing on top of the cake. But um, with him, you know, just practicing with Zaire, I think they can kind of bounce off each other, you know, add some tools to each other's game. But 20 points a game, stay with the defense intensity that he brought uh, and stuff like that, you know, maybe some off ball um, because I know the, the the backup point guard position may be something that we may or may not address this offseason. If he can just kind of help out with that by commission, I think those two things, I think we'll be fine. I think we'll be fine as a as a whole. Yeah, man, I'm with you, especially with the off the dribble stuff. That's going to be exciting to see that going forward. I mean, he he obviously is able to create a shot off the dribble, but he be able to use that dribble a little bit more, right? It's he was a lot better this year, but every once in a while he got back into that. I'm a little worried he's about to crack the hardwood dribble style and. That's a it made me a little bit nervous, especially when he starts coughing it up in the corner. But Ian, what about you, man? What what do you think based on what Chris just said? Oh man, um, Dez is probably my favorite. Gri- this is a hot take. Well, for me, it's a hot take because at first I didn't think it was true, but it definitely is. He's my favorite Grizzlies player, not named John Moran. Don't get me wrong; I love each and every one of them equally. Even DB, I love DB. Love DB. Dylan Brooks, that is. But we all do here. Oh yeah, we all we all we all do, right? Yeah. Just a little note. We all love Dylan Brooks here. Um, but Desmond, the thing I love about Desmond is he he encapsulates, you know, over the course of the season, we you know, in duck and no smoke, running up the chimney, right? He encapsulates that. You saw him, you know, him when earlier in the season, him and LeBron were going up against each other, and he was like, dude, I don't care who you are, I don't care you I don't care if you're the greatest player of all time. I'm still going to go at you. I'm still going to give you a bucket. And he does that. Um, the fact that he is, like Chris said, arguably the greatest shooter the Grizzlies have had and will ever have doesn't hurt it. Um, the fact that he drives, you know, drives to the rim really well doesn't hurt it. But that's my favorite part about him is that he just – he couldn't care less who you are. He's going to go out there, give you, you know, however long he's playing, give you great effort and go right at anybody who's guarding and then and whoever he's guarding. Um, like, I do kind of agree with you, though. Um, maybe not a major leap. If he does take another major leap, then we said it before, but the league's in serious trouble. If he can 26 points a game, that's probably, like, my ceiling, like the max ceiling, maybe even more. It, just depend, it depends, you know, if Jaw goes, you know, Jaw goes out, he might have to, for some, God forbid, some injury, knock on wood. But – he gets 26 points a game, but he does that with jaw. <laughs> he does that with jaw. Um, man, people are in serious trouble. And add, yeah, and add, add Zaire getting 19 points a game next year, I'm calling it. Um, that's my prediction for Zaire win next year, 19 points a game. Uh, I mean, that's a very bold prediction, but if he starts, I feel like he'll – maybe not 19, maybe like 15 or 16, but still. Um, yeah, no, I think that he's going to be an integral part of what the Grizzlies are doing. Um, and, you know, people are going to look to him besides Ja. It's like you said with Zaire. There's many – there's a lot of times toward the end of the season where you thought, how did that not go in? I don't think there's ever been a Grizzlies player that as long as I've been alive – maybe Mike Miller, but I wasn't really old enough to remember all that yet – that I wasn't like, oh, he's making a shot. Like, he's just, he's just not missing. Because it, it just seems like it's crazy that he does miss, you know, an open three or an open shot. That's how much faith I have in Desmond Bain. Um, honestly, he's the Grizzlies' second option next year. 
I mean, I think it's probably well known, but I think it's it, it goes Ja, then Desmond, then Trip. Because unless, and I'm hoping so, that Trip takes a, a major leap in terms of like we talked about this earlier, like a, developing a very consistent post move with either hand, which he very well could, then it's a different story. But as of right now, I think Desmond Bain's probably the second option for the Grizzlies. Um, and it'd be interesting to see what how Zaire fares, because I think they're going to do what they did with Desmond with him, is to make him like one of the primary ball handlers on the team during the summer league, that is. Um, yeah, and also hitting the gym with Desmond Bain. He's going to – he might be even more – well, no, not, not more Jack and Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain's pretty – yoked but um yeah it's scary times man yeah i don't i don't really want zaire getting as jacked as desmond bain man i'm gonna be a little bit worried about his shot if he gets that big because that would be uh unnatural to say the least if that if that happens but um yeah man, i, I want to say like i feel like des was at the center of all controversy around the grizzlies this year <laughs> if something was happening if we got a smoke quote in the in the post game I feel like Dez was usually in the middle of it, whether he's telling LeBron them big feet ain't scaring nobody or Julius Randle is uh, sticking his nose where it doesn't belong. Dez was always at the center of it, man. And listen, that says a lot about this team as a whole. I know Daniel and I talked on a podcast a couple weeks ago, but this core is built like that, right? And it's one of those things where, you know, guys are going to come and go, but I feel like the culture and that identity of this team of, you know, they ain't ducking no smoke. They're here for it. They're going to go at LeBron. They'll go at KD. They'll go at <laughs> who wouldn't go at Cat, but you get the point. They'll go at anybody. They just don't care, right? And um, Dez is 100% shown that he is going to be at the center of that. But as far as the point jumps for these guys, I think Zaire takes a point jump next year for sure. Dez, I think, is going to improve as a player statistically from a point standpoint, I'm not sure he's going to take any kind of jump forward in that department because of the next guy we're going to talk about who, Ian, you said Dez is your second favorite player on the team. This is going to be my second favorite player on the team, which is Jaron Jackson Jr. Formerly Dylan Brooks. By the end of next season, it may be Dylan Brooks again. Again, I'm floating around the island, guys. I don't want anybody to come pick me up. We're waiting it out. I got plenty of rations. Again, part of the island got cleared out in that last game against the Warriors. There's some safe space there. So if absolutely necessary, I can go back to the island for a minute. But right now, Jaron Jackson Jr. is my second favorite player on the Grizzlies. My favorite player not named John Morant. And I think part of it is because I like to I like to consider myself a defender of the wrongly accused, a defender of the attacked. And Jaron Jackson Jr. gets so much flack for things that just make no sense. I mean, people were talking about not want to pay him. Like you do realize we have a seven foot plus condor that can drop threes that can move with guards from the perimeter. And you really think that that guy's not worth paying. And then he turns around and plays the most games of any player on the team this year. I mean, come on, but I'm actually going to give myself first dibs on Jaron to go into this. Cause I think Jaron is going to put it all together next year. And I think what you were talking about, Ian, is going to be the biggest part of that, which is slowing down in the post. Now, he's shown that he can take guys off the dribble. He can get to the bucket. And that athleticism is huge, and he needs to use it. But a lot of times when he gets himself into foul trouble, there's a lot of dumb offensive fouls in there, right? So that will help negate that if he's able to slow down in the paint. But number two, 
he doesn't have a consistent shot, right? He has a good feel. He can get those little run and layups. He can get things off the dribble while moving. But if he could just add a little Jonas Valanciunas, just little jump hook, anything like that, it's sort of a staple of the big man game that he's never had to do because he's always sort of been treated like a massive guard. Man, what are you going to do to stop that? There's two guys in the league that are probably as long as him that could stop that. Maybe three if you throw in Mitchell Robinson. But I, like, I got Gobert and Capella that are big enough to give up with that. It's pretty well documented. I'm not super worried about Gobert on the whole. But the point is, he is a walking mismatch. And if he can do that, dude, it's game over. And the three, the three ball is going to come back. We saw at the end of the playoffs, he started to find it more consistently. And listen, it was... You know, the last time we saw a full season of Jaron, he had 38%, I think is what he shot in the season from three, where he was far and away the most reliable three-pointer, three-point shooter on the team, in my opinion, right? We won't see Jaron shoot worse than he shot this year. Like, that's that's the floor. This is the floor of Jaron shooting, right? We've seen him consistently do so much better. That's going to come back. Man, when that comes back and you add in that little paint move, unbelievable. But the other things are, you know, he is well aware. You saw him walk away with a full binder, basically full of notes from the coaching staff of things he needs to work on this summer. And he's aware that he knows what his ceiling is. And he's going to work to get to that with the paint, the paint moves, rebounding, keeping his hands in the freaking air on defense, which is my biggest one. He's going to work on all of that, and he's going to have another summer. Like, this was his first summer to really start putting anything together. Now he has a summer to start putting it all together. And I am crazy excited. So I expect Jaron to take the biggest jump next year as far as his all-around game. And I think what that will do is obviously everybody on the team will improve, or I would certainly expect them to. But when Jaron does that, I think as far as statistics, he's going to start eating up a lot of those stats that these other guys – would in theory start getting if Jaron didn't take that leap. But I'm super excited for what Jaron's going to do this coming year. Um, he's shown he could stay healthy for a full season now. And if he can start putting those all that together, man, he's just a freak. He's just a freak of nature, dude. Like it's well, that's why I see people get so mad at him. It's because he's got so much talent that when he puts his freaking hands down in the cookie jar, you're like, dude, you can touch the top of the backboard sitting still. What are we doing, man? And so that's because he has so much talent. He has so much potential. And I cannot wait for him to tap into that this year. I mean, I it, it's, it's very hard for me to imagine a world where he doesn't start putting this stuff together. But, okay, that's my soapbox on trip. I, I'll get off of it. I, I apologize if I took everything. I get a little excited and carried away sometimes. But I'm doing my best to keep the reins on myself. But, um, Chris, trip. I know it's a love-hate relationship. We talk about it a lot, but it's mostly love, and it's truly mostly love here. You know, it's not just one guy throwing Dylan Brooks love here. So, Chris, what do you got on trip as far as, uh, I guess, takeaways from the season, but what you're looking forward to next season too? Uh, the, main, the biggest thing is I'm proud of Jaren. Whatever he did over the last offseason to keep his body, you know, in tip-top condition, I'm proud of him. I mean, because once he get all his tools together, like you said, it, 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 Y'all can cancel Christmas, the whole NBA. It's a wrap. Um, and you know, we were talking off off offline, you know, earlier. And uh, you know, my, my biggest thing is I tweeted him, I, I put it on his Instagram, and if I had his phone number, I call him myself. We need Zebo to get with Jaron. 
Um, you know, he he he's in Memphis. They right there. He's the OG of the team. You know that that's what they call him. And it's like you know, for him to be able to shoot left-handed, even though he's a right-handed player, as much as he does, Zebo, one of the best left-handed post players I've ever seen, and the dude couldn't jump over two phone books. That was always a running joke with him. Well, Jaron, you are athletically gifted, but for some reason, you know, he he doesn't jump really high. You know, when he's in the post doing post moves. So if he doesn't, if that's the way he wants to play, that's fine. But if he can get with somebody that has been literally in his exact shoes with the team and the franchise on his back, just like Zebo. I mean, it's it's a match made in heaven. And, you know, when him only being 22, we really, like, sometimes I think we get ahead of ourselves. Like, okay, he's been here four years, about to be his fifth year. But with him being 22, I think Jaron, especially with Ja being here, we could be looking at a lifer. You know what I'm saying? He could probably retire with the Grizzlies. And it's like, if he can just, for one or two summers, get with somebody, I know his rookie year, uh, I think he got with KG um, and you learned some things. And I don't know if y'all remember, but his rookie year, like Jaron did a lot of post work. Uh, Mark played a lot of out, you know, high post passing, assisting and stuff like that. Jaron was actually elbowing, getting low. You get, I mean, getting down low with people in the post and he kind of worked his way out second, third and fourth year. But if he can get back to that, I said it before, if he works on starting inside, like he did that warrior series, working outside, um getting those post moves right now jaron i love you bro like i ain't never slandered you ever this is just a joke right now jaron is kind of like a a baby giraffe you know he's kind of goofy tripping over his feet he's so long so you know he's trying to get control of all this new you know acquired height that he's getting and stuff like that but once he gets past that like he'll truly be the unicorn that we all know he can and will be and um i'm just excited to see it like I'm with you, uh, Nate. To me, for us to get that championship ring that I know we can get, he's going to have to be number two. Him and Ja going to have to be able to work that pick and roll, that pick and pop. But it's lights out because if y'all, you know, key in on those two, Desmond going to knock it down every single time. So it's scary for the NBA when you got a three tandem, or I can't say a tandem because that's two, but for to have three players like that, a trio, Jesus Christ, like, I just can't even imagine like what's cap, you know, what's gonna happen. We just, you know, gotta keep filling in those other parts. But um for Trip, man, you know, that book of stuff he got to work on, if he can just, you know, key in on that, keep his head together and keep his health right, that's who I really think can be an all-star next year. But we'll see. We'll see. I think he gets there. And again, I like what you said about and mentioning that he's younger than Ja Morant. Right. People don't realize that. He is crazy young. And so um, when I keep preaching patience with people, they say it's his fourth year in the NBA. I'm like, he's a 22 year old kid, man. Like, come on now. He's 22. And he's got, like you said, baby giraffe body. I mean, I'm six foot and lying about it. And I still trip over my own feet. Right. Imagine being a whole nother foot off the ground. Like that's, it's a lot. What he's doing in that body is freaky. And he's, you can see him putting the pieces together while he's, he's getting there and um, he's figuring it all out. But Ian, I know me, me and Chris got a little bit down the honey hole there. We're, we're a little excited about Jaron, if you can't tell. So didn't leave you much, but, man, what, what you got on Jaron going into this next season? Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm very excited about Jaron as well. Uh, that's why I said um, it was kind of tough, but because my second favorite player is either him or Desmond Bain. It's because I love him so much. And, um, yeah, you guys really hit a lot of it on the head. Um, like if, if Chris said if he can get with Z. 
Expo, which is another thing I think is really cool about this Grizzlies team is that even though they are so different than the core four, they are so alike too. They're so alike because they still have that same, you know, grit and grind style of play, but as uh, along with, you know, they can be flashy. They can do other, you know, finesse kind of stuff as well. Um, one thing I will say on Jaron that, that you, you guys didn't uh, touch on, yes, he does make the stupid fouls. He does keep his hands where they shouldn't be. But additionally, he also gets arguably one of the harsher whistles in the NBA. Maybe that's because of his past with, you know, his foul trouble before, and maybe some of it's warranted. But I just I do think that some of it is a little, little unfair to Jaron. Um, especially, you know, when other guys decide are getting away with a lot worse. We'll leave it at that. But, um, yeah, man, if he can develop that post move with either hand and be able to knock it down consistently with either hand and then be able to stretch out and, you know, hit shots from the outside, take guys off the dribble from the outside, piece all that together. I mean, guys, really, like, Jai was second-team All-NBA. If – Jaron can piece that together. He might get second team, maybe even first team all NBA. I mean, I know it's really tough, you know, with, you know, MB, the Embiid's and Yogi's of the world and stuff like that. But he can be that type of player. And it's just, <laughs> I'm smiling right now because it's so exciting because, you know, it's like right there. It's, it's so, they're so close to doing it. And maybe this, this draft, I mean, I'm not, this, I'm not expecting anything crazy to happen, but I didn't expect anything crazy to happen to Zaire Williams and look where he's at now. Right. I, I, I was like, you know, what are they doing? Like, why are they doing this? Because there was who was it? I think Book Knight from uh, Charlotte. I was like, take Book Knight, take 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 him, take him. And um, but they didn't. And they took Zaire. I was like, oh, OK, head scratcher. But at the beginning of the season, I was like, OK, definitely should have taken that guy. Um, but as it went on, you know, maybe not. I'm sorry. I'm getting off of Jaren a little bit. But man. I don't know. That's really all I got. You guys really hit the nail on the head, like I said. But yeah, I'm very excited for him. I hit the nail on the head. You meant talked way too much and took up everything we could possibly talk about. So I appreciate the the kind way of saying that. But listen, <laughs> you will never hear any flack from me if you want to go on a bit of a tangent and it involves appraising Zach Kleiman, man. King Kleiman reigns supreme. Who knows? I might write a piece on that soon. Who I don't know. I love the dude, and he's done an unbelievable job with this organization. And as far as the Jaron foul thing, you will not get an argument from anyone who pays attention to Grizzlies basketball. He gets one of the worst whistles whistles in the NBA. I mean, there is some stuff going on in both those series. I was like, dude, that was, I just saw a dude get hacked on the other end. Jaron gets a pinky on a guy when he gets an awesome block and you call it. So no argument here, but you'll also get no argument from people who pay attention to Grizzlies basketball. Yeah, Jaron also will just bulldoze dudes out of the blue and just get these dump fouls. And those are the things he has to cut out. And I think if he cuts those out, I think the foul trouble thing will be completely gone for Jaron. If he just gets rid of the really dump fouls, because for the rest of his life, he has first team all defense next to his name. First team all defense. And that carries weight with the officials. And so I listen, I said a lot during that Timberwolves series. I couldn't imagine the officiating wouldn't go in a different direction. So knock on wood here, there's no telling, but it's hard for me to imagine where that whistle doesn't get better for Jaron moving forward. And so um, 
it ought to get better on its own, but especially if he can eliminate the things that are in his control just with the silly ones, that would be huge. But no, listen, there's so much excitement around this team. And those are just three of the guys coming into next year. I mean, John Morant, there's not much to say about John Morant that his game doesn't say for itself, right? We were talking earlier about trying to do a deep dive on John. We're like, what do you say that he doesn't say on the court, right? It's just unbelievable. Memphians can't act like we've been here before because we haven't. <laughs> the dude is just an absolute supernova. Um, crazy what the guy can do. But then you've got, you know, Adams is intriguing with what, you know, he's only got, I think, a year left on his contract, but was a big piece with the Grizzlies did this year. What does that look like going into next season? That whole Tyus Jones dilemma, what's that going to look like? And then you got everybody from BC, Tillman, Aldama. You've got a bunch of guys. And, you know, we're going to, at um at the lead grizzly at the lead sm we're going to be bringing some pieces later on down the road about deep dives on all of these guys right so these are just a few but we're super excited about this whole team and we're going to give you guys content on that down the road chris ian and i on some of these pieces so uh we want to d- d- dig deep into all of these guys moving forward and we're going to do that but uh unfortunately we only have so much time on this pod and uh I like for Daniel to allow us back on. And so far we're succeeding. If I went for a two hour pod, I don't think that would happen. But with that, I think we want to start wrapping this all up with one last little thing. Nothing too crazy. I personally am an idiot when it comes to this stuff. I just only do pipe dreams. So keep that in mind. Chris and Ian probably a little bit more nuanced and knowledgeable than myself with this, but we're just going to do a little draft sign trade. All right. And this is just purely out of the draft three max. I don't want to deep dive on any of them, but three max guys who you think would be awesome for the Grizz to go get, who you think would be good prospects and good fits on this team. Sign just as just any free agent. Again, we're not going to get into salaries, everything here. If you could sign any free agent and it was just magically able to happen, who would you want to go get? Um, And then trade, same thing. We're not going to worry about salaries and matching up the books. And we're not going to talk about getting trading up for draft picks either. We'll leave all that to King Climbing. But let's just get into a quick draft sign trade, guys. Uh, Ian, I'm going to throw it your way first, and we'll start with the draft. I know we have at least one guy we agree on, but I'm interested to see what you think. So give me a quick draft sign trade and just a, a little bit on each guy. Yeah. Uh, so I was thinking about this earlier. Um, it'd be really something for the Grizzlies to get Kennedy Chandler, you know, from Memphis. Played Tennessee, um, really versatile guard, I think. Um, learn from John Morant as much as he can. Um, it'd be, I think it'd be really interesting just because, you know, maybe because he has Memphis ties. Um, I mean, I'm between him. I know you said three, but um, for the draft part, between him and maybe Nikola Jovic. Um, I know we talked about – you talked about this earlier. Um, like one of your fears is if, you know, say the Grizzlies draft him, he just comes here and absolutely just – stinks up the place, right? But I agree with something else you said is that it's hard to see him do that because if you watch his film and his highlights, he just looks like a stud. Like, he just looks like he's going to come and just blow everybody out of the water. And Chris said something earlier. I think there's not a bad Nicola in the league, uh, which he is correct. There is not. So, uh, I guess those those two would be my top two if I had to choose two. I know it's only one, but sign – Obviously, I mean, it'd be crazy if the Grizzlies could go out and get, like, uh, a Bradley Beal, you know. That'd be insane. But 
I think the Swartz is always going to sign with the Wizard for like some ungodly amount of money, uh, which you can't blame them. Um, it's a lot of money. Um, so I guess realistically, I know people from throwing this around a lot. Mitchell Robinson from New York. Um, I guess it depends what happens to Steven Adams, you know, that has to play out. But I would love for him to be – he's a realistic signing in my book. Um, and for the trade aspect, and this one's a little bit of a pipe dream, Donovan Mitchell. I know there's a thing with him and, you know, and Gobert, like he only passed to him like three times in a game, just passing to him um, or some something like that. Um, but I just think it'd be really cool to see him in a Grizz uniform. Um, yeah. That the, he's a high dream, like I said, but he'd be like one of my dream. Uh, that's kind of realistic trade option. That's not that realistic, but more realistic than others. You know, so that's my spiel. Love it, Chris. What you got? Yeah, I mean, if you would have asked me this before last off season, I probably would have gave you, you know, some big crazy names. Uh, but well, let me start with draft. Uh, I really like Nemhart. Out of Gonzaga, um, you know, we, it's a lot of speculation with the whole tie situation. We don't know if he's going to come back or not. And uh, just, I mean, just thinking it and being honest, like looking at even the, the four final teams that's in the, the conference finals right now, like nobody has a high caliber, small, especially point guard, backup, you know, point guard. So, you know, I, I've been, you know, going back and forth on that myself, but – I think for us to really take the next step that we want to take, we're going to need a big guard either start next to job or at least coming off the bench that can do a little handling. And Nemhart, I mean, he, he'll he fit that perfectly. I think he's like 6'5", not a crazy athletic dude, but he just already got an old school feel to his game. So coming into, you know, a team like us, I think he'll fit in. Um, Pipe Dream, the trade up in the draft, maybe like Shaden Sharp, another big guard I would love to see us get. Um, I think he may fall, you know, just come looking at some of the drafts with him not playing not one college game last year. I think he may be able to fall a little bit further than what he's expected to go. And uh, if we could somehow, you know, creep up maybe 13, 14, if he falls that far, maybe even 12 and get him, that'd be crazy. Um, and in second round, Caleb Houston, a shooter out of Michigan. Uh, I mean, you can never have enough shooters. And I think dude like six, eight. So a big shooter like that coming off the bench is a rookie we saw like, Trey Murphy, uh, what was the other guy that played for the Pelicans? Herb Jones, like them kind of guys, they looking really good in the NBA as rookies already. So um, maybe a good pickup in the draft for us if we keep all three picks or, you know, consolidate it. But um, free agency, I try to keep it, you know, realistic as possible. And that's kind of what I was saying uh, going back before the beginning of last season. I'm thinking we needed to get a Bradley Bill or Jalen Brown or – Zach Levine, but honestly, you know, we just talked about us having three good pieces already that we can build around. Um, Oladipo looks like he's back, and I think he'll be cool with, you know, accepting a little bit bigger payday he probably can get in Miami. Uh, so if he can stay healthy, I would love to see us, again, another big guard coming off the bench that can score. That's the big thing I feel like we're missing. Uh, and if we don't bring ties back, he can kind of facilitate and score at the same time. Um, maybe even bring like an Andre Drummond as well on a cheap contract, you know, just to get rebounds, set hard screens. Um, and then trades, um, kind of weird, but I'm going to say somebody like Kyle Kuzma maybe. Uh, I've been a fan of him, you know, since he came in the league. And uh, when he got to Washington, he kind of started to get it back together, you know, got his confidence back, you know, from getting up on the LeBron. So, just a big, you know, three, four type player that can do it all, um, can settle into a role with us. I think that'll be cool. 
um, or maybe like a Harrison Barnes type, you know, player, somebody like that that can come in, just defend, shoot threes, play their role, and let, you know, Ja Bain and Jaron do what they do. Um, that's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for them to do no big splash. If we somehow get, you know, Zach Levine this summer, I'll probably lose my mind, but I promise you I'm not holding my breath. So if we can make those, you know, the smart moves that Zach Kleiman makes, like you said, Nate, I'm trusting whatever he does. I know we just playing a game right now, but whatever King Kleiman do, man, I'm rolling with it. So let's go. I'm with you. Yeah, this is all just uh, armchair experts right here. So whatever King <laughs> Kleiman does, listen, he has earned the benefit of the doubt and then some trust till they bust, man. He's He's been awesome, but so I, again, am an idiot when it comes to this stuff. I do not act like I'm any different. But that being said, you guys didn't make it much easier because you mentioned literally every guy I had listed here to talk about as far as a draft goes. Kenny Chandler actually had as one that I think would be fun, but I don't necessarily know if he fits because a lot of what Chris was saying, we want bigger guards here. You know, we've, we've got a bunch of really good guards. We don't have a bunch of really big guards, so it'd be helpful, which is why I like Andrew Nimhard. <laughs> Shadon Sharp was not was the one I did not expect you to say, <laughs> to be honest. I thought that was the one I would have to myself. We all talked about Nikola Jovic earlier. I mean, he's dude looks awesome. So you guys took almost everybody I have, but there's one left that has been sort of circulating around Grizzlies Twitter and Grizzlies circles, which would just be a bit of a long shot. And the reason then I'm going to lean towards this and you'll see I lean towards this and the both sign and trade part too is again, the Grizzlies have a lot of good shooting guard pieces. My worry is what are you going to do down low? Cause we saw this year when Adams or Jaron was out, there wasn't just a ton of depth. And so it's okay. What are we going to do with that? And so the fun one, the super fun one for everybody in Memphis, I, I can't tell if Chris is mouthing it or not, but I was going to say Josh, my not. I think Josh might not. Now, he's not a big, but he's a big guy. He's a big dude that's hyper-athletic, right? And listen, he is – I personally was a little a little surprised he entered the draft. I thought he could really benefit from another year of development. I thought he would transfer out of Memphis personally. But the Grizzlies have proven anything is that they can develop. I mean, they developed Zaire while he was in Memphis. He never went to South Haven. He was in Memphis the whole time. And again, transformed from a negative, why are you passing this guy the ball in this situation guy to get him in in an elimination game against the Warriors guy. And so if they've proven anything, they can develop a guy. And Josh Minot, I mean, just the intangibles are there, man. You can't teach what that guy has. And so I, I saw somewhere he was projected in like late second round around that 47 pick that the Grizz have. But I've also seen where he's projected to go mid- high lottery right or late lottery you know it's because he has those intangibles so i don't know what the situation looks like to get him i don't know if he fits into the grizzlies plans but i would love to see that because i think he has a chance to turn into a real player also you just hate to see guys go to these franchises like you know not trying to just throw out strays but the kings where careers go to die right and players that have real talent never have a chance to become anything and Minot has a chance to become something special. And so I want to see him go to a good franchise in general. And I think it would be super cool. We'll love if it's Memphis and he can turn into a player. As far as sign goes, now this is getting down to the bigs. I love Mitchell Robinson. Love Mitchell Robinson. Now, a lot of that's going to depend if you can move Steven Adams. What does that look like? Because you don't really want both those guys on your team. They sort of fill in the same 
role, but Mitch Robinson can fit the Grizzlies timeline, right? He's young enough to stick with them while they go through this prime. And I was telling Daniel on that pod a couple of weeks ago, I'm just tired of seeing him block jaw floaters. <laughs> I just don't want to see that happen anymore. And if he could go in there and block everybody else's floaters then hold down the paint, you know, he can be a lob threat next to Ja. He just could really lock down the paint there. And listen, it, a lot of that depends on what they're going to do with Jaron, what they think his future is going to look like. If they sign somebody like that, I think it says a lot about what they think of Jaron's future at the four versus the five. But you know, we'll see. But as far as fit on this team, I would love for them to sign Mitch Robinson. I think it'd be an awesome fit on both ends of the court. But sticking with that trade, I have two. Both are pipe dreams. But again, we're doing pipe dreams here. Not worried about salary stuff. One would be the one that's been, I mean, blowing my mind the past couple of days, which is Kevin Durant, <laughs> which is like, you know, we talked about the the comparison with Zaire earlier, but Listen, I think Zaire's going to be awesome. I don't. It's hard to imagine anyone being Kevin Durant, right? And I was texting with the guy today. He's like, what do you think? That, I don't really like that fit. I'm like, it's Kevin Durant. He's one of the best scorers to ever go th- enter this league. And the stuff that he can do is just freaky. He loves Ja. I saw where T. Morant tweeted one of those Ja cryptid soon things, which obviously they're not in control, but pfft got me excited i mean i'm pumped about it and listen if you can get kd on there and he's one to let job be the guy bro there there's not much i wouldn't send to brooklyn to make that happen so uh the fact that's even in the realm of possibility has me super excited and so yeah if we could trade for kevin durant which i tried i tweeted at kd back when i had my first twitter account back in 20 what was i was moving out to I think I was moving out to Colorado, so it had to be 2016. He he chose to go to Bay Area instead. It's fine. Katie, we will still welcome you in the 901. You're, you're more welcome. Grizz 901 could even be your first Memphis interview. Hey, we would allow that. So, you know, you could have that honor. But the second trade target, and this one I'm not sure worked out because of money stuff. Um, I did look at a salary. I think it's a little steep, but we're not going to get too big into that. But for the same reasons as Jared Allen. Now, I can't imagine a world where Jared Allen would – get moved from the Cavs. He was very pivotal to their success, which showed when he wasn't there and they started to flail a little bit. Um, their three big lineup is going to end up being pretty devastating once Mobley really gets up to the speed of the game and they're all healthy. Um, but the same thing as Mitchell Robinson. He fits that role of a lob threat, a rim runner for Ja. He can protect down low. He's long and he's just but he's just got that Grizzlies feel to him. You know, he has that, like, he's going to show up no matter what loves just being on the court, loves basketball and a guy that you, I just want to root for. I mean, there was nobody I was wanting to get on the all-star team other than John Morant more than Jared Allen this year. He's just a fun guy you want to root for. I love to root for him in Beale street blue. So those are, those are my two guys. All of these are pipe dreams but you got to speak it into reality. So when KD is wearing number seven and the new city edition uniforms the Grizzlies have this year, I'm just saying, I'll be here. I'll be here. I'll be here. It'll be good stuff. But listen, that's uh, we'll get into all this stuff, guys. We're going to dig into all this stuff a little bit more. Um, we're going to go to the draft expert in Ryan Meadows. No matter what you think about his conspiracy theories about the front office, the dude knows the draft. So we're going to get with him. 
We're going to get with Daniel. We're going to talk about this stuff, make sure we're well-educated and well-versed going into it. We're going to talk about free agency. We got a lot of these pieces coming out for you. You'll see them dropping here in the near future. But guys, I know that y'all are working on a little bit of stuff, but y'all have anything specific that's going to be dropping soon for everybody? Some content's going to be coming out via the written word at the lead.com. Yeah, um, my first piece, uh, it's looking like in the next week or two, it's going to be like a season recap uh, of this past year. I know me and the guys talked about it a little bit um, before uh, we started recording, but just how exciting this was. Uh, we talked about it a little bit at the beginning of the, of the podcast as well, but just how the season went, um, certain areas that we can improve on, certain areas that we may have reached our peak at. Um, and, yeah, and just what's next for this young core of the Grizzlies. And honestly, I will go ahead and say it. I really think this is a championship caliber team. I really do. I think this year it could have been because, uh, I mean, obviously the very little things that happened in the Warriors series could have completely flipped. You know, there was what there was like a, a minute combined of basketball that could have changed two games in the Grizzlies' favor. Right, the, you know, in the game one, John misses a layup that he usually, you know, he can make tough layup, but he can make it. Um, and then was it game four, the first game they were without John? And yeah, they were leading for the entire game except like the last forty-five seconds or something like that. And it was just so heartbreaking. And it so it's so close, but anyways, yeah, just how this season went. Um, I'll say it's the most exciting season in Grizzlies history. I think the, the last exciting moment I've had with the Grizzlies was the last year of the core four when game three or four against the Spurs and Mark hit that game winner. Or Mike, I think Mike said over time, Mark hit the game winner. That was the last, that was the most exciting moment I've had from the Grizzlies up until this past season. So, yeah, just getting that out there for you guys. I'm looking forward to you guys reading my first piece. Uh, and yeah, glad to be aboard. 100%. Chris, what you got coming out, man? Uh, Friday, I should have a piece dropping, um, just in regards to Tyus, um, worked on it in the, um, kind of towards the end of the season, but put it on the shelf because with everything that was going on. Um, so, uh, this one in particular is just kind of, you know, I got to narrow it down. Um, just kind of, you know, pros of pros and cons, um, you know, comparing if he was to come back next year. Uh, for both him and the, you know, the Grizzlies as as an organization. And then, you know, if he was to go elsewhere, you know, the pros and cons of that. So um, that should be coming out Friday. And, you know, I know a lot of us will be, you know, between draft stuff, free agency, we all have a lot coming for y'all. So definitely be, um, you know, on the lookout, be tapped in with us on Twitter. Um, We, we, we cut up a little bit on there. I know a lot of us. So, um, Got a lot coming for y'all for sure. And before we get off, Nate, I know we didn't talk about this, but just wanted to, you know, send our prayers and condolences out to, man, Buffalo and, uh, you know, Texas. Um, just crazy what's going on in the world right now, man. And I know a lot of people, Steve Kerr said it, you know, tired of kind of giving condolences, but, you know, still something that we want to do. So um, I love thoughts and prayers out, you know, everybody affected by it. And just hopefully, you know, everybody just be safe out there. I know the Grizzlies brought us a lot of joy. Uh, in Memphis and even fans that we, you know, got, you know, throughout the world with the crazy season we had. Uh, so, you know, you're always looking for stuff to kind of keep your head up and, you know, just stuff to look forward to. But um, definitely, man, y'all stay safe out there and um, 
call somebody that you ain't talked to in a long time. Tell if you love them. That's all I got. A hundred percent, man. I mean, that's, that's one of those things you try and put the pieces together in your head and there's just, there's just nothing to put together, man. But you know, it's, it's been a rough couple of days. I know for us, we talked about a little bit earlier. It's hard. It's hard to have the conversations and just talk about basketball, you know, it's because there's there's bigger things in the world. And there's a lot of families that are never going to be the same. And so it's hard. It, there's so much pain in that. And there's just nothing to say. There's nothing to say other than to hurt with them and be with them in the middle of that and send our thoughts and prayers like you were saying, Chris. So um hope that this was and this was helpful for people to be able to focus on something that brings them joy in the midst of a really painful time. But at the same time, the way the way Chris said it, you, you can't ignore that there is pain. And so send our thoughts and prayers to those families. And hopefully we see a lot of change in, in our world that can, can help, help keep these things from happening again. You know, we talk about it a lot and a lot of people are frustrated, but you know, let's band together. Let's not tear each other apart. Let's, let's find a way to work together in this. But uh, before I forget also, Guys, uh, how do we find you guys? Where's the best way to find you guys? Maybe via Twitter or whatever it is. Chris, get by your Twitter handle real quick. At Cribman, C-H-R-I-M-A-N. High school nickname, I know I need to change it, but that's where you can find me at on Twitter. Uh, appreciate the follows for sure. I say, how, how could I forget, man? I love your name on Twitter. Don't change it. Ian, what <laughs> about you, brother? Yeah, Twitter for me as well. Uh, it's at I see sparks 22. Uh, my uh, PFP is jaw with the throwing the M. I love back down. So uh, yeah, I hope to see you maybe get a little bit more followers on there. See me tweet out, not just grizzly stuff, some of this basic stuff. Uh, I'm a big soccer guy as well. So that might be a little bit annoying too, but yeah, I see sparks 22 on Twitter and yeah, we'll see y'all next time. Yeah, and both those guys uh, have a lot more uh, balanced takes than me on Twitter. I get a little bit spicy on there. Again, my name is at Homer. So the tweets come out a little spicy, just like you would expect. I get in a little bit of trouble sometimes, but I own it. I'm an idiot sometimes. That's what it is. And I personally don't have anything too too specific coming out. I might write a piece on Zach Kleiman. Again, I'm thinking about that to start brainstorming that today. Hopefully, we can get that out to you guys, but we'll have some more on that later. But in the meantime, guys, thanks for joining me. It's always good to take over the podcast and take over for Daniel and Ryan. Give the people what they want, as I like to say. In the meantime, Grizz Nation, as your normal host, Daniel Greer, would say, be nice. Tell your friends. Peace out. <laughs>